All right, inappropriate Earl, back. We took uh, two weeks off after the last episode. That's uh, uh, just how it is sometimes. You guys know the drill that uh, I make people come to my home for this podcast. I don't do Skype interviews. I don't do phoners. We're not a morning zoo radio station here at Inappropriate Earl on SoundCloud and iTunes, by the way. Uh, people have to come to my house. It's just the way it is. I lose a lot of interviews. You know, hey, let's do it over the phone. Ain't happening. Uh, you know, and so that's why there's sometimes lapses in episodes because I have to wait for people to come to me. And today I have someone, and this is what I love about the world of stand-up comedy. You can know someone for years in this business and not know them. I've known this guest for, I would say seven eight years but i don't know her like we see each other at the comedy store i, I did her show at three of clubs i think two years ago uh and i don't know much about her and i really enjoy interviewing all comics because we all have a different path you know i certainly took the longer path than most uh but it's working out for daddy the jellies sunday nights twelve fifteen. Roast battle, never say never. You might see the most triumphant return in the history of that show, but I won't just battle anybody. Going to give Comedy Central a list of five names. And if they want to give me those five names, you'll see my leathers again on channel 249 on DirecTV. And I'm dying up here. My status on that show is uh, up in the air, as they say in the business. And this Me Too era of hollywood nothing's for sure but through comedy i've met this lovely young lady i don't know anything about her path we've done a few shows together she's very funny you can follow her on instagram we'll get to the plugs a little later on this might be the longest intro ever but i'm staring at a doll a fan sent me the other night from the comedy store of abdullah the butcher so i'm still giddy about that Please put your hands together for Arena Skaya. <laughs> Thank you. All right, that's this Thank episode you. of Inappropriate Earl. No, I'm just kidding. So I but well, I really do the sad thing about this business is you can know someone for seven, eight years, but not know them. Earl, did you know me for seven, eight years in your dreams? Well see, if we weren't in this Harvey Weinstein era, I already had a zinger for that, but I'm not gonna say it. Why? Because it's just it's you can't. I I haven't even lived in LA for seven eight years, so uh, I appreciate that you've known me this long, and I feel like I've known you for about fifteen years. I feel I, like you've been in my life forever. Well, I don't even remember where we met. I'm assuming the comedy store. Yeah, yeah, we met at the comedy store. Yep, in the back. You were we were just hanging out in the back, and I mean, I had seen you around, and you saw me around, and then I just introduced myself, which is what I normally do. Well, I, I hope I didn't say or do anything inappropriate. Uh, no, I think I probably did though, but well, no one's no one's inappropriate to me. So I yeah. Well, guys are running right now. It's just uh, yeah. and you're a very pretty girl. I mean, let's cut through the bullshit. You are. Thank you. A great. I mean, you know, great body, beautiful face. You know, shitty I, personality. No. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares about personality? Right, right. Thank you. I feel like that scene in American Psycho where they're like talking about girls with good personalities, <laughs> and then they're, 
at the end they're like just kidding there are no girls with good personalities um, i like that movie oh i'm obsessed with it that's a good movie i it, it's too bad men are running i don't know i yeah i okay look i'm not gonna get in, okay i'll get in. well let's get into it because you're uh, uh you know and i don't even like saying this i mean i'm not joking like i said you're very beautiful but like you know in the world of stand-up comedy you know in this I mean, it's hard for a girl. It's hard for any girl in comedy because I think, in my experiences, I would say it's 80% men, 20% women in the business. Uh, at least in my almost 20 years of comedy, I, I think that's a fair ratio. So, and male comics are the horniest species on earth. So to be in that 20% of women, you know, it's got to be hard for you to be in a male dominated business right no oh there you go <laughs> i'm no phil donahue <laughs> uh it's not hard for me because i don't acknowledge its existence you know the 20 80 or 46 whatever the ratio is if i don't uh if i don't keep talking about it then it's not it's not real to me i mean i i'm an immigrant and my mom is the breadwinner in our family and she's never talked about how she's a woman and my dad's a man. It's just, it's like there are things you need to do and you do them and gender is not brought up. I've honestly, if other people, uh, I, I very rarely am reminded that I'm a girl or do you know what I'm saying? It's not a, it's not an issue for me. I mean, I do, but I don't. Cause it's like, if you went to the comedy store tonight for potluck, uh, I, I would say you'd be uh, for every seven, eight guys there. There's the, the one girl. So right. I, so my chances have increased tenfold. Well, I mean, now, I mean, it's like, oh, hey. Yeah. It's like, what well, you don't support women, you know, put a woman up. I can play that card, but uh, I'll, I'll get on potluck because I know the person hosting it or because I'm going to, you know, I'm nice. I'm not mean uh, or because they think I'm funny. Uh, but it's not because I'm a woman. They're not going to say, hey, I can't put you on because, you know, you have a vagina. That's not it's not why. Sometimes you can be not sometimes you can be so funny. Your sex, your color, your race is completely obsolete. Oh, I agree. Like when I look at, uh, you know, some of my favorite female comics, like, you know, Sarah Silverman, I don't. Right. Think of her as a woman. Right. Like, Do you say she's a funny female comic? You go, you just no, say she's a funny, funny com comic. Yeah. Best selling. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I feel that way too. I mean, you know, Sam J like she's a black lesbian female comic. And when I talk about Sam J, I go, yeah, she's a comic. I don't even say she, I just go, yeah, Sam comic period. You know, no color, race, gender, right. sexual orientation. To me, that's completely superfluous to the talent. Yeah, I mean, I was raised, uh, you know, in a weird household, but, you know, everyone's equal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Men are, or women are equal to men, mm -hmm. blacks, Mexicans are equal to whites. Uh, so, like, when I, even when I'm on roast battle, I don't look at, say, Kim Congdon as, oh, she's a funny female roaster. Right, right. It's like, she's a funny roaster. Or right. Justine Marino, or, you know, I see a gay roaster, uh uh it's not mad. well you know like joe dosh is one of my homies well i call him a gay roaster <laughs> just because well, that's a funny right but i i just think joe's a funny yeah, roaster. joe's a funny comic yeah oh yeah he's a great comic great roaster so right. uh but it's just interesting to me in this new era of 
I think in the world of stand-up comedy in L.A. is, I can't wait till the Me Too campaign hits this uh, area. I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of empty spots on shows. <laughs> Which is too bad. We're losing a lot of good talent. Uh, you know, it's funny. There's never been a Me Too in Russia, but uh, in Europe, they just laugh at us. They People don't know this, but I, you know, I... Uh, travel a lot and Russia ju- is just they think we're hilarious they're they're like look at these adorable little children with their me too's you know how cute are they like they they think we're fucking stupid well I mean it's just every day it's I my fear is it's going to lose its effectiveness of like like oh, every it- day now someone's coming out like the mascot from the LA Kings was just yeah uh accused of sexual harassment as the mascot yeah i guess he was in an elevator <laughs> <laughs> he was in an elevator during a game or something and he pinched someone's ass <laughs> and uh the girl was like i'm going to report him to hr 8 years ago right no it's like 8 weeks ago i oh, think okay. and unfortunately for this uh person the guy's married to the head of HR, the guy in the costume. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, you can report it to HR, but that's his wife. Right. Uh, are his fingers, because he's a mascot, like, can are they dex, de- dexterous? Like, can he... I think it's pinch? a paw. I think his... Okay, ne- so can he... Maybe he accidentally had his paw out and just had his hand down. I mean, you can't feel the costume, right? Well, I've never been in it, so I'm not, uh, I think it's the, the Kings, the LA Kings mascot, uh, was, uh, I guess he's not around anymore. It was called Kingston. <laughs> and he was, uh, I think a either a tiger or some kind of animal in a King's hat, mm. like a Burger King, King's hat. And, uh, you know, I've often thought that if anyone's going to be uh, a creeper, it's going to be Jack from Jack in the Box. <laughs> Not the Ronald McDonald. Well, him too. Clown. I mean, yeah. uh, after Jared from Subway, it's, it's, right. it's fair. But, uh, you know, every, you know, and then you had Jeremy Piven and then you couldn't even comment on him because in the next day it was Brett Ratner. And then right. uh, and in the world of comedy, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of nervous standups I know right now. Yeah, and I, I, I think by grouping everything together, we're making a very big mistake. Well, I think at some point it's like the boy who cried wolf. It's, right, it's like, right, right. I mean, the Garrison Keillor thing—he touched my back. It's like, well, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, but if he emailed you and apologized and you forgave him, uh, we should move the fuck on. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just there's so many, and then the the number of accusations against like Harvey Weinstein is a couple hundred, and mm-hmm. James Toback uh, it was three hundred. I actually I put my hat in the. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, why not, right? Yeah, well, I, well, I did too. I mean, yeah. uh, I was uh, casting couched a few times in my my heyday. Did uh, you like it? I'm um, not really, uh, you know, but I didn't really think anything of it. Right. Until all this started happening. Until they told you to think something of it. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, looking back at the first situation, it definitely was uh, sexual harassment. Have you talked about it before? I I did a solo episode about two weeks ago when I couldn't get anyone to come to my house. (laughs) Which are some of the more popular episodes when I just talk to myself. That's funny. Uh, So can you just give me a brief overview? Yeah, a brief, you know, I had, uh, you know, I was pretty bad when I first started in stand-up. I was horrible, to be honest with you. I just didn't know what I was doing. Right, it's okay. Uh, I mean, I've told this 
how I got into stand-up was all my friends worked at agencies, you know, ICM, CA. Mm-hmm. And they're like, dude, you're funnier than any of our clients. Just start. We'll help you out. Mm-hmm. You know, get your feet wet. I started. They all left the business to get into real estate. <laughs> it's fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> One guy stayed in the business. For uh, you. <laughs> no, for, uh, well, I don't want to say who his clients okay, are, okay. but he's, they're working. Okay. Um, so I was very bad when I first started because I just was clueless. And uh, this person uh, saw me at Indochine in Beverly Hills where mm-hmm. they had an open mic. Indochine was a very, very popular uh, restaurant, but for some reason they started a comedy night. <laughs> and uh, I, I think the first two jokes I did were, uh, hey, everyone, I'm writing a book on Liberace. It's a biography. It's called Two Lips on His Organ. <laughs> just horrible. I'm not even trying to do... Mat- right. It, also, I love that it's Liberace. Of course. I just... You know, I'm from the 70s and 80s, so... Right. Uh, and then uh, that bombed. And then I was like, well, I'm also doing a book about astrology and Liberace. It's called How to Find His Anus. <laughs> just horrible, horrible jokes. Right. So... This guy comes up to me afterwards. Hey, uh, you're really funny. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been your first clue. Uh, Yeah, because I was not really funny. Uh, And, you know, I don't want to. He's no longer with us. So I, you know, uh, I don't want to say his name. Earl, but you're a good looking guy now. So I imagine you were like a heartbreaker back then. I was different looking back then. I had like a, this time, like I had a Jufro and. Mm you know i looked like a a good looking version of the singer from boston Mm. uh the great brad delp rest Mm -hmm. in peace so uh i think i had done a joke about the movie clueless uh you know with uh how ironic right yeah alicia silverstone and Brittany murphy and uh this guy comes up to me and goes well you know uh i work here um britney murphy's gonna be uh doing a table read for king of the hill you know in a couple of days from now do you want to meet her and i'm like yeah <laughs> i mean i had such a crush on britney murphy the clueless britney murphy like the the one that's like kind of a nerd just yeah like uh yeah nerdy a little on the busty side right. uh, not model pretty but pretty approachable and, yeah like approachable pretty yeah <laughs> and uh so i was like yeah so we'll meet me on the set of this studio of course i'm probably giving it away by saying king of the hill i mean we all know what network that was on but Mm -hmm. i just feel better if i don't say no no i get it uh so i i get into this guy's office rhymes with cocks (laughs) yeah well bagels and locks (laughs) or if you're a kiss fan eric carr the drummer who took over for peter chris we all know what his character was uh (laughs) peter chris was the cat eric carr was the certain animal right um john pico you can look to the left (laughs) uh it's a local reference so i get in this guy's office and it's a beautiful office it's probably the size of this my uh living room and kitchen which is a mansion uh well it's it's you know i live in a a two-bedroom condo but the the downstairs area is fairly large probably uh i say 800 900 square feet which is big for a hollywood office oh, yeah. you know most offices and i apologize for the length of this story but i'm just trying to give the the listeners a, a visual uh 
So we're in there, small talk. He starts talking about my comedy, and you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, my God, I'm on the lot of this. And by the way, did he seem gay to you in any way? Or looking he- back now, absolutely. Okay. Uh, good looking guy. Uh, Younger, older. Um, at the time, he was probably in his early forties. I'm oh, guessing. Okay. Possibly early fifties. Okay. Um, and he was the head casting guy for this place. Like he, so he had he was legit. He was oh completely oh, legit. Oh okay. Uh, he casted at the time the main show on the network. I'm really giving it away now, but <laughs> I, just, I don't want to get sued. Okay. Okay. Um, so his pedigree was legit, and uh, small talk for a few minutes, and then he starts. He gets up and he starts stretching right in front of me, uh, like uh, calisthenics. And I'm at the time going, all right. So I start stretching, thinking, all right, maybe this is how the meetings go. And then he sits back down as I'm stretching. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, um, my impressions of anyone are the same. I did an impression of a comic for you (laughs) off air. That's the same. He's like, "Uh, yeah, um. Hey man, uh, I ran a marathon this weekend, Earl, and my balls are bruised. <laughs> and he starts unzipping his pants. I'm like, "What are you doing, dude?" And he's like, "Can I show them to you?" I'm like, "No, I'm good." When do I get to meet Brittany Murphy? <laughs> and this guy was so crazy. He literally takes me into the table read of uh, King of the Hill, and we're sitting in there. Like and there, you know, there's Mike Judge and there's and I'm a huge Beavis and Butthead guy, so I'm like, I'm like I'm totally starstruck at him. And then there's you know Brittany Murphy and you know after, so she was there. Yeah, Wait, all I mean, the stuff he promised you was happening. So that was the lure of you know, you know, I guess the whole point of this story is like the the depths that someone will go to to suck your dick. Or, <laughs> or have your, them you suck their yeah. Dick. In your case, you know, sex or whatever. So, uh, but to show you how naive I was, you know, a couple weeks go by. And, wait, wait, just back up. So he was like, "My balls are sore," which doesn't even make sense to the running. He could have come well, up with something better. But I guess the balls were like clank. I guess if you run in a marathon, your balls are kind of clanking into each other like church bells and did he ask you to massage them or? no i oh, said dude okay. what he are just, you doing oh, okay so okay. it ended there so you stopped okay because uh, you know i you know i'm not you know i'm for someone who's you know i grew up in bel-air right this podcast is about you and we're gonna get into where you grew up it's not about me <laughs> it was not bel-air but you know but i'm street smart like mm-hmm. which people go well, what do you mean how could you be street smart and from bel-air but um now was this before or after this, this was before i mean i was literally raised i, I mean you were street smart after this incident no, or? No, uh, no i was street smart before like you know <laughs> i grew up in my dad's country club you know that was my social life because i wasn't uh even in high school i i was probably one of the more popular guys in high school but just because i was funny right but i didn't really uh hit my stride with women yet so the country club was my like my social uh, hour Okay. So I was around degenerate gamblers, uh, unhappy wives. Yeah, uh, guys cheating on their wives. Uh, they, they didn't really allow wives at this place. And literally, Good. it was like that scene in Caddyshack where they had that scene where it says pool day for caddies. Yeah. Twelve to twelve fifteen. <laughs> um, that's how it was like for women. At, yeah. 
at this country club. They could play there Friday mornings from like nine to 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these, like they had a room in Bel Air Country Club called the, the card room. And it was just where everyone gambled, just illegal sports betting and, you know, thousand dollar hand card game. So being raised around them, I'm pretty, uh, I was pretty wise to the world, but, you know, in terms of uh, sexual predators, I I didn't really have to deal with that there. So, uh, so you meet him the second time. So a couple of weeks go by. I give this guy a second chance now that he knows nothing's going to happen. (laughs) So I go to his house at 1 PM. He's like, let's do lunch again. He kind of apologized. Not really. (laughs) And I go over to his house starts off same thing, a little small talk about comedy and oh i you know i can get you in at the improv or uh comedy store you know i know this guy or that guy you know i'll set up a showcase and blah 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 and then i just started looking around because I, I i don't know my spidey senses were tangling right you were feeling something so. um you know he was in his shorts and a t-shirt or something <laughs> uh, i'm just and no. he had his dick out, so you're just Yeah, like, uh. is that a boner? No, I'm just, I didn't see. Uh, so I, out of the corner of my eye, I see this beautiful movie trailer in his driveway, like a Star Wagon, uh-huh. but like like a nice one, mm-hmm. like the Rolls Royce of Star mm-hmm. Wagons. I'm like, oh, what's that, man? <laughs> just trying to switch the, <laughs> the vibe. And he's like, oh, so-and-so gave me that for the last season of this show. Um, he's like, go check it out. I'm like, okay, but you got to stay here. <laughs> So I go check it out, and it's a beautiful, it's the nicest uh, movie trailer I've ever been it's in. It's probably nicer than my apartment now. Well, not uh, having not been as lucky to be in your apartment, uh, <laughs> I, it, it probably is. <laughs> King-size bed, uh, double-door refrigerator. I mean, it was nicer than most apartments I've been into. And then, you know, I'm in the back looking at the bed, and, you know, just kind of, you know... <laughs> My eyes are going everywhere. It's like a marble shower in it. Like, uh, and then I just hear the door open. Oh no! And like, and it was like a creaky oh. door. And I just, I literally did not want to turn around because uh. I just knew. But I just, I was like, oh fuck! No, no. I turn around. He's like got a boner, and, it's, and I'm like, dude, I gotta go. Is his dick out or? No, no, it was not out. And he's like, what, man? Why didn't you lock the door? <laughs> You know, I wasn't thinking he was going to come in. And then that's the last I heard. You know, we never spoke again. And Okay. Can I just be honest, though? That's not that bad. I mean, in the scheme of being raped or, or uh, no, but uh, I guess the point of that whole thing was it it does happen to men, too. Oh, no, it happens to kids. I mean, come on. Like uh, the Nickelodeon thing's going to go down real soon, but it happens to so many boys. It's not just girls. And it happens to men too. Everyone can be sexually assaulted, sexually harassed, raped. It's it's not a gender thing. And that's why I'm so mad at this. Like, it's women. Men are scum. Women are being hurt. It's like everyone's being hurt. Let's not make this a male-female thing. Let's make this a shitty person, good person thing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's... But, like, I didn't really think bad about that situation until all this stuff started happening. I'm like, wow, that was kind of fucked up what what I uh, went through. And then there was a second uh, situation uh, where nothing happened, but it was the same kind of scenario. A man, too. Man, too. Oh, if it was a woman, I wouldn't be complaining. I'm, would you? I was just going to ask that. That's never happened to you. 
with a woman, right? I mean, I've had, uh, you know, when I was in my nightclub days uh, with my all these guys who were agents and managers, I came across some pretty powerful, not uh, women in the entertainment business, but just rich women right. who want to get fucked by a younger guy. Yeah, Mrs. Uh, Robinson. Yeah, I was totally like, you know, you'd go to Roxbury on yeah. Sunset or uh, there was a great nightclub across the street from Roxbury. Now, for you local people, I think Roxbury is now Pink Taco. I don't know. Uh, I think it's Pink Taco. and But back in the day, in like the Beverly Hills 90210 days, it was Roxbury. It was the hottest nightclub in town. Right, right. Um, I saw that movie. I know what's up. I mean, I was so horny back then. I used to go to <laughs> Roxbury and Gray Sweats. Maybe I shouldn't even tell. No, no, story. I want to hear it. So many years. Okay, and what? Why Gray well, Sweats? My friends got we got in everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, which is rare for a group of guys to get in right away because you know they want girls, right? They, they want, want women. Dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of the door guys in L.A. in the '90s were actors, so they knew. Oh well, there's Eric Earl and Jason. Eric. Oops, sorry, I mean to mention names. Uh, <laughs> there's a uh, Peter Paul. Yeah, Luke. There's, yeah. There's Ace Paul and uh, Gene. <laughs> uh, they work. Ace works at ICM. <laughs> Gene works at uh, a Triad, which shows you how long ago this is. Uh, come on in, boys. Wait, but why the gray sweats? Because I would go on the dance floor, and uh, I was not good with women at this time. But I have a certain. Uh, I have a. Uh, I don't want to say a presence, but appeal. I have, uh, something back then it wasn't yeah, yeah. the looks. Yeah, not, not that I would it is. say you have a, a presence. I would agree with that. It's a weird like, you know. I walk into I a room it. and like, <laughs> for whatever reason, people are drawn to me. Mm -hmm. uh, As you're saying, that's I'm moving closer to you. By the way, yeah. By the way, this podcast might end early. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, kidding, just kidding. Uh so I would go to Roxbury and gray sweats and, you know, I'd, I'd find a girl to dance with and I would literally, you know, you'd dancing to me was dry humping on the dance floor. And I would, as it was for everyone in that time, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, believe me, I'm not, I was not an innovator in yeah, this field, yes, right. but I was in terms of wearing gray sweats because <laughs> they were uh Russell, no champion sweats and they, they were lined with fleece. So it's very comfortable to dry. You could, come in them yes okay and the funniest part was then we'd still hang out <laughs> and i'd be walking around <laughs> roxbury with like a huge wet spot <laughs> on my pants waiting for it to dry and crust right. over i wasn't even really waiting for it to dry <laughs> it was just like all right wait and all your friends were like lined up and they all had like spots on their on they their had sleep. jeans and oh. leather pants but everyone on. had spots on their pants oh absolutely inside was the time. Abs yes that's what the time was well it's just such a different um you know scene back then like right. you don't have a nightclub like that. i know there's like uh what is it on uh abby well yeah well abby's pretty close to uh but what's the catch is uh, I think it's on Melrose, which is probably the closest thing to a, a club back in the day where people go there to hook up, and, mm. you know, but across the street from Roxbury, you had a place called Carlos and Charlie's, which was, uh, you know, like a kind of like a Mexican eatery nightclub. But on Friday and Saturday nights, they would have Chippendales. Mm. And if you could, and at midnight, they would let guys in. So from like 10 to midnight, it was Chippendales. Only women were allowed. 
And if you could get in at midnight, if you were one of the oh, first five damn. guys, you literally you felt like a piece of fucking meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cleaned up. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And once again, the door guy was an actor. <laughs> so my friends and I were given the VIP ticket. And we, we were raped. Uh, <laughs> By older women. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rich, so I've never been uh, sexually harassed by a, a female executive. Would you or, be upset if you were? I mean, I would now because now I'm into like having girlfriends and, you know, like, I'm like, uh, you know, back then I was, a you know, uh, I don't want to say a madman, but, you know, I did all right with girls. And, you were a red blooded American man. Yeah, I was a fucking guy in his mid 20s, right. early 30s or what, or mid 20s. As my dad likes to say, you you basically had come uh, shooting out of your eyeballs. Yeah, I mean, you're like, and you know, back then it was like, you know, you're with your friends, and you know, you, you know, I'm completely sober, never had a drink or drug, you know, so like I could experience all the natural juices uh, with no. Uh, I don't know, know how I feel about that, Earl. Drug. Well, I I can. I'm not against drugs or alcohol, like whatever you're into. Most of my friends smoke pot at the minimum. Uh, no you know, drinking? No. My Well, my mom bribed me, and uh, to the listeners who, uh, I feel like you're interviewing me. Uh, we're going to get into your Russian. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I'm, I'm really good at, um, like when someone says, hey, how was your day? I go, oh my God, it was amazing. But you know what? I was on Sepulveda. Have you ever been on Sepulveda? Oh, because you live, oh, doesn't your mom live there? What's her name again? And I just like, I take it away from myself. I'm so good at that. Well, that's like the whole point of this podcast is it's just, I hit record and we go. Yeah. I don't prepare questions. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Uh, but I just want to say in, for Russians, I'm Russian, I'm Ukrainian, whatever. But uh for people who don't drink and do drugs, we always say, where are the bodies buried? Because to, keep, to me, keep it's talking. Like, I have to take okay. a picture. Okay. Cause to me, it's like, if you don't do, uh, dr I mean, not like heavy drugs, but if you don't have any sort of vices or, or alcohol or way to let loose, then you're a serial killer. <laughs> like that's, that's how we think about it. Um, but anyways, but I don't think you're a serial killer. So I, I mean, I'm actually, uh, I think fairly uh, normal. Like, uh, you know, I don't think too many girls uh, can say he was creepy to me. No, you've always been so sweet to me wherever I see you, but you're the kindest guy. I'm actually almost even upset that you were never inappropriate with me uh, because I knew about the podcast and, and I just for some reason assumed that you had a reputation, but you were ne never... I mean, I think I'm, you know, like we were talking off air. I, I think I'm in pretty good uh, uh, standing with uh, most of the women from my past. Uh, not all, but. Uh, That's really commendable. It's just the way I was raised, going back to the parents being, uh, you know, completely. Uh, this was not Beaver Cleaver's household that right. I grew up in. Uh, right. My parents loved each other. Like they, I mean, they died two months apart. That's how Aww. much they, like. We're in sync, but they slept in different rooms on opposite sides of the house. Whoa. So, but that's how I was raised. So, like, the first time I spent the night at my friend's house, who ended up being the cop who busted George Michael in the bathroom, mm. he was a really good-looking uh, Argentinian guy. Mm. Uh, his parents went in the same room at the end of the night. I'm like, dude. That's crazy. You're like, oh, what? Marcelo, what's your, what are your parents doing in the same room? 
<laughs> like I really was like you were like concerned. Like this this house is freaks. Uh, and then I later found out that oh, most people's parents sleep in the same bed. Yeah, sleep uh, in the same bed. Right. So you I know. I think it's cool. You can be friends with your exes. I always say if, if you're friends with an ex, then you did it wrong. Like you never really loved him to begin with because I, I can't be friends with my exes. Uh, I, I think, I think you should, um, if you don't hate them because you love them so hard, or if you're not consistently trying to fuck up their happiness with someone else, then you never really truly love them to begin with. Well, I mean, I always, uh, you know, goes back to what my mom said, uh, you know, uh, make the girl happy. And of course, she was speaking sexually, but uh, I never like closing the door on anything. Well, that's weird because it sounds like your dad didn't, though. Well, my dad didn't tell me anything about sex. It was really my mom. And you might say my mom didn't tell me anything about sex. She was just throughout a general, you know... um, (laughs) <laughs> make them happy and maybe something she heard but uh well i i look back and of course i haven't made every girl happy sexually uh did you ever catch your parents having sex no i mean uh, and they did because they had five kids oh okay so they maybe five times i think they hit their peak sexually uh probably uh you know uh i mean I think my oldest sister, we're all pretty close in age. We're, we're five kids, I think maybe seven, eight years apart. Mm-hmm. So they were having a kid, uh, you know, almost every other year. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, and they were both very, very good looking. Uh, I would imagine so. I mean, my mom was a model when, right, when right. she was in her day. And I my, feel like everyone's mom was a model in the 80s. Yeah. Well, she was, uh, you know, she was, um, she had me at 38, so she was a little older. Oh, okay. Um, but like in her 20s, in the, like, I guess this would have been the 50s, she was, you know, a fashion model, and my dad was. My mom was too. Oh, well, well you're, yeah. well, we're, we're going to get it, we're going to get off of me very soon. No, Earl, let's stay on you. Sex oh, please. Joke. Sex joke. Um, so, and my dad was a very, very good looking dude, uh, you know, um, so uh good jeans right right and uh you know my one brother used to get in the nightclubs as tom cruise really uh people thought he was tom cruise yeah he would literally walk into a nightclub and they would come on in uh and then you know my other brother's very good looking guy and both sisters uh so and we all look different we might all be adopted yeah yeah adopted that's what it is uh well we're all five kind of somewhat different looking okay Uh, so you're not assuming it was another man you think it was adoption well, I mean, uh, you know, my my mom was pretty secretive, so uh but I snuck in there. They got divorced and remarried each other. I got in there after the they, remarry. They got div- they got divorced and remarried. Yeah. So I never asked why, you know. I never really uh Yeah, you should ask your uh, older older siblings why. Well, my I think my parents had some dark secrets, so I'm the type I don't want to know. Right, right, right. Like looking back, there's some things about my mom that uh uh, you know, uh, she might have had some wacky stuff uh, happen to her when she was a child. I don't really want to know. It's okay. Just, it's like, well, let's know. just assume the worst and move on. Uh, yeah. Well, this was like she had a rough child. You know, her dad was killed at nine. Uh, he was like a famous football coach in Georgia. Oh. Uh, um, like he has like football stadiums named after him because mm. uh, he was like a he's like the Bear Bryant of high school. Bear Bryant, you say? Oh, uh, of high school, uh, Georgia high school football. So, uh, and her mom was uh, an interesting woman. So, I think she, 
part of their weirdness in raising us was due to their right with to their weirdness. upbringing. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I, it makes sense. It makes sense, but look, I'm not saying what's going on is right or good or I'm not judging at all. I don't judge, okay? Because you can't throw glass houses into stones if the shoe is on the other foot. Is, is that how it goes? I think it's stones in the glass houses. Right, thank you. Uh, I don't. You judge. could throw a glass house into a stone. <laughs> into a stone. I don't. I don't judge anybody. But a lot of things were going on in the eighties. Uh, lots of drugs. Everyone was being inappropriate. Everyone. It was okay. It was okay then. So to drudge up. So I mean, it's like it's like saying my grandma was raped by a Nazi. It's like, well, that was the war, bitch. Like everyone was. I'm not saying it was right. But are we going to start drudging up? Well, what did Stalin do? It's like, yeah, okay. How far back are we going? Well, I mean, I did a joke. I don't like to do material on the podcast, but, you know, the subject of the joke was basically, uh, you know, Kiss has a song called Christine 16. You think those lyrics just popped into Gene's head? Exactly. Uh, You know, Ted Nugent has a song called Jailbait. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a time when it was a legal. I'm not saying again it was right. But it was legal, so we let's go off of that. And then number two, people did not give a fuck. Like there were other issues. There was, you know, Iran. There was Cuba. There was Russia. So they kind of prioritized their problems. And now I think a lot of people are creating problems where there are no problems. That's that's a Russian saying. You, it's like they're they're making a mess where there wasn't a mess before. Okay, something happened to you twenty years ago. I'm going to be honest. I don't care. Um, I'm giving you a limit of five years. Okay. If you can't say anything within five years, I'm sorry. That's something you need to keep for you. I'm not going to feel sorry for you or, I mean, you know, stuff happened to me too. I feel like I should say that just to fucking get along with females now, but it happened to you. It didn't happen to me. Uh, I empathize with you. Does that mean I'm okay attacking someone or taking someone down? Because I think the worst one to me, honestly, is the one with um, Dustin Hoffman. We were talking about Mrs. Robinson. The guy, she she said, uh, I was a 17-year-old actress and he was inappropriate to me. Uh, and? And? The guy's 75 now. Who cares? He was inappropriate to you. Um, how many other guys were inappropriate to you? I mean, how many guys were inappropriate in college? Like, are we just going to take every man down for being inappropriate? I think that's insane. I think that's insane. Well, I mean, uh, it's it's like, I kind of like what Pam Anderson said. Like, (laughs) finally a a female with a conscience. Uh, She was like, hey, they knew what they were getting into with Harvey Weinstein. What do you think was going to happen? And it's like, did you ever see the movie Airplane? Yeah, of course. Is that really funny? fake commercial they play where the guy's like they bought their tickets <laughs> yeah they knew what they were getting yeah. into yeah. and he turns to the camera i say let them crash <laughs> and that's basically what pam anderson yeah was that's saying. what she was saying the woman who might have been passed around by everyone who knows but it's like are we gonna go after all the dudes that fucked marilyn monroe i mean where's this well, i hope not some of those right? are family members i know that's why i was yeah, sorry Earl. uh but i just don't see how drudging up that will fix what's going on with you now. It, it, it to me seems so comical almost. It, it's absurd. It's it's comedy to me now. What, you're going to show up to his house at 2 a.m. and talk about your script because he said you have a great sense of humor? Get the fuck out of here. But, you know, like uh, like that guy with me, you know, like 
I'm certainly, I wasn't naive back then, but look, I mean, now I can go, oh, I was pretty stupid to fall into that uh, trap. Uh, but why aren't you putting his name out there? Why aren't you trying? Well, to- he's not. Uh, well, that doesn't matter. But I mean, he can't defend himself. No, you no, know? that doesn't matter. They went after Eli Wiesel, the Auschwitz survivor. Right. So go, you know. Why, I can't. Why aren't yeah. you going after the dead? I don't Earl? want to get sued. Earl, go after the dead. Hurt his family. Like, well, you know, who knows? I mean, the, the other guy's still alive, but, you know, it's like, there's no way to prove it. So. Well, but that's the other part. Okay. I'm all for justice. If if you're saying something happened to you, there's an investigation. It's shown that, in fact, it did punish the fucker or the woman. If you're telling me something happened, there's no investigation. And then we witch hunt a man who maybe was innocent. Uh, well, fuck you for that. You know? I mean, it, there's so many blurred lines of uh, why didn't you say something back then? Well, I don't know. I didn't really think much of it back then. Uh, but why are you thinking something of it now? Well, because all this, the Me Too movement, you know, because right. I mean, I really love how Rose McGowan yeah. just doesn't give a fuck. Like, I love her. Like, just the fact that she, you know, was like, I don't care if this is going to kill my career. I'm, I'm going after these people. What career? Well, I mean, she was pretty bit charmed and all that stuff. Uh, but I mean, now. I mean, now, I mean, I could, uh, you know, I mean, that'd be an interesting audition. If she auditions for a romantic lead in a movie, you know, like, I'm sure that casting person is going to be like, okay, uh, <laughs> how do we, uh, Rose is here. Who wants to, uh, who wants to run this audition? I'm going to yeah. go get donuts. Uh, but like, I do. Like she has to have known that this is gonna harm her future career of uh, you know, but she, or help her career. I, well, it might get her like a talk show. Yeah, I would listen to a talk show by Rose McGowan. Yeah, it might help her talk show. Uh, but again, it's like um, uh, uh, what happened is bad. I'm not saying it's okay, but there has to be clear lines of. Uh, if you if a man is inappropriate, he apologizes to you. You forgive him. Can we just move on? Uh, or if he tries to ask you out and you say no and he leaves you alone, do we have to fire him? I mean, where are the lines? Who gets to draw them? And look, women wanted sexual equality. When there was a feminist movement, there was a sexual awakening. Uh, you cl- a lot of women claim that they love sex as much as men. Great. You don't. Trust me. You don't. Because you're not standing outside of a woman's house jerking off at 2 a.m. You don't. So if you claim to be equal to a man, then you should be okay with what's going on. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really serious about this. Like, you cannot have all of it. It doesn't work that way. If you want to be a prude, then you can't pretend that... You, you're not sexually awake. If you want to be sexually awake, then you can't claim, well, how can he? Because you wanted equality. So what do you want? I, I don't know what women want. Do they want men to, to flirt with them? Do they want to feel womanly? Do they want to feel wanted? Or do they want to decide when and where and who and how and just have the man sit in the corner uh, crying without his dick in his hand? You know, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. It's confusing to me. And I get called, can, can I say bad words on this? Oh, yeah. I get called a cunt by a lot of women. Uh, but I'm going to say this right now. No man has ever been as mean to me as a woman has, ever. Well, I think with women, especially in comedy, uh, I think uh, it goes to that there's just fewer women in the business. Uh, that it's, it's, I find women are like almost like, 
you know, they say alpha males, you know, when two guys, you know, walk into the room, it's who has the biggest dick, you know, if it's two comics of the same stature, you know, well, I get to go on first over this guy. Well, no, I get to go on first because I have a TV show on. Mm -hmm. I find that at least uh, at the open mic level and booked show level that when it's two women who they, they can be as vicious as two guys. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Alpha females. I don't right, know if that's right. a term, but uh, yeah, alpha uh, females. Yeah. You know, I've seen it a lot, you know, even in like, say a show like roast battle where you have two rising ro female roast battlers. It's like, well, there's only one spot probably for uh, a cunty female on this show. It's going right. to be me. No, right. it's going to be me. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. I think women can be as vicious as men. I, I absolutely think they can be. And also because a lot of men comics are, uh, beta males. They are. I, it's just true. They're very scared and they're very socially awkward. I don't mean the headliners. I just mean the, a lot of open micers, but even headliners, even are. headliners, it's much easier for me as an alpha female to come in and be like, bye, you know, and just kind of push them to the side. I mean, in a nice way, right. I've never competed with women. And I've said that as soon as I started doing comedy, my dad said something smart. He goes, I never compete with a woman. You're competing with men. Uh, so don't ever. So to me, I, I don't even notice that my competition is with another female. To me, it's with another man. It's whoever the funniest man in the room is like that's unless it's a woman, which very rarely that happens when it does great. I'm competing with that person, but I'm competing with the men. They run the shows. They book the shows. They're on the majority of shows. Yeah. I mean, but I like when I walk into a room, like I don't, I try not to, I don't think I have any competition because I'm not competing. with. Right. You're on another level. Well, no, I mean, like I'm competing with myself. Right, I want to be right. the best comic I can be. You know, last night I brought up Joe Dosh. You know, I love Joe. I'm not trying to do better than Joe. Right. I don't know how he views it, but like I'm trying to just have the best set I can have. Right. But you're both regulars. Yeah. So I'm talking about not not being there yet. You know. But I mean, even I, I to me, it's not like, even when I was an open micer. You know, I never was like I want to have a better set than. Uh, you know, uh, Justine Marino or mm -hmm. uh, Natasha or Moshe. I want to, I want to have the best set, I, you know, I can have. Yeah. And that's really how I, and that's the healthy way to go. And that's the right way to go. But uh, as a Soviet child, uh, it, it, I, I cannot think of life in any other terms than in competition. I just, I was raised that way. And I think what you're saying is absolutely right. And it's the way to go. I wish I, felt that way i wish i knew how to tap into well i just need to be the best me you know well i mean in some ways stand-up is a competitive uh you know it's like there's only so many late night spots in terms of television uh so i guess like even technically you and i are in a competition against each other like you know okay there's you know conan's looking for a comic but you know depends what they're looking for they want well, I have one up on you because I'm a minority and I'm an immigrant, so I would get that spot. Yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> uh, you probably, I mean, I'm in the worst uh, yeah. age or no, I'm in the worst category, I think, in comedies, an older white, normal looking dude. Right, right. Uh, you know, I think it either pays to be, you know, fat or, you know, have some <laughs> physical deformity. deformity yeah. Uh, you know, or be kind of funny looking, be bald, but like right. have big ears. Right. Uh, so either weird looking or hot looking. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think in some ways women have it easier in comedy. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, for me anyways, you like, know, I'm not saying it's super easy, but I have a different, uh, I have a, my difficulties are different than other people's difficulties. Like I might get through the door because someone thinks they're going to sleep with me or because they find me attractive. I have to stay in the room based on my talent. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I've never seen anyone really book anything from fucking. Exactly. It doesn't someone. work that way. You can't fuck your way to the middle and what work your way to the top. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Cause once, uh, you fuck someone and their desire to help you is kind of, all right, I fucked her. Right. I don't have to help her. Right. But I know, I know I am considering equal women, men. And uh, to be honest, men don't really try to fuck me. But once they start, um, I think that's why I feel respected by men in this community. Because they're not trying to fuck me. They just, they riff with me. We we have fun. We talk. You know, we go to shows together. But they're not actively trying to sleep with me. And to me, that's like, oh, they find me an equal. They see me as an equal. Well, and I think it's also because you put up a vibe of. Uh... I'll, I'll cut you. Yeah, you're like you're a, like a um, aggressive is not the right word, but you're a, almost an alpha female where it's like, hey, man, I'm not some bimbo off the fucking block. Right. You know, if I want to fuck you, I'll fuck you. But yeah, I don't look like easy prey. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, a part like, I'm kind of bummed that I don't. I'm serious, to be honest. Like I never I've never been taken advantage of in that way. And I am. I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm missing out on the me too thing. Uh I mean, you know, just make sure you get something out of it. But that's what I'm saying. I, I get the part first. I can't play that card because it doesn't happen to me. Like a guy knows if he tries to do something inappropriate with me, I'm going to turn around and stab him. Yeah. So I'm not going to wait five years and then uh, take him down through Jezebel. I'm going to turn around and punch him in the fucking face. So you know what? Now that I'm saying it out loud, Earl, that might be it. That might be the reason. Well, I probably think that, you know, I know a lot this podcast is popular with male comics uh not to say the female comics don't listen but uh <laughs> you know every, i know every comic listening to this is how can i try and fuck this girl she sounds hot uh you know like your aggressive nature i think is a turn on uh, it's a turn on to men it's it's a turn off to boys well yeah there's all uh right you know the age uh you're right you know i agree like Depending on where you're at in life, you like different things. Yeah, older men have always appreciated my bluntness and my, uh, I would say, mature sexuality. Like, I've always uh, related to Claire Underwood in House of Cards. Like, that sort of sexiness to me. This sort of um, cold standoffish, but still very sexy. I find her, do you find her sexy? Uh, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this. I've never watched House of Cards. But you know who she is, the actress, that actress. Uh, I don't. Robin Wright. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just sort of this European aloofness, almost. Um, no, I don't want to say motionless. I mean, there's a life behind the eyes. They have a they have a lot going on. You can tell, but they're not like a girl next door. Right. So I've always been the opposite of the girl next door. Some men are into that. Some men aren't. But I find there's no middle ground. I find you're really really into that, or you're just very afraid by it. And because I do comedy, the majority of those men are afraid of it. Well, I think most male comics aren't used to a strong female uh, personality in the room. Uh, yeah. So, like, when there is one, like a Sarah Silverman or a... You is know, she like that? I mean, I don't really know her that well, but she strikes me. You know, I, I mean, she was a judge for one of my roast battle things. I interacted with her for a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, from what I understand, Amy Schumer's pretty much... She'll walk into a room and be like, hey, I'm a dude. Right, You know, yeah. like... 
uh, and despite like what i wear or what i look like i've always felt like a dude in the room and men and again women always say this to me we'll enjoy being in the man in the boys club and it's like thanks i do yeah (laughs) they're so sweet to me why wouldn't i well i mean you almost have to be in the boys club right uh, right it's it is a game to comedy i mean like yeah. you, if you if you don't want to be in the boys club and comedy, you'll quit. If you're, yeah, you're in if the you're wrong, a woman. Right, you're in the wrong you're in the wrong business. It's like if you were uh, like a male coach in the WNBA, you, you know, if you have a problem with being around a lot of women, you're not going to last long. Exactly. It's not the greatest example, <laughs> but like you know, there are male coaches. Earl's working on his analogies. <laughs> oh yeah, well, but there are male coaches in the WNBA who I'm sure like you know wish they were a coach in the NBA. Yeah, and they're probably misogynistic to a degree, but they thought, well, maybe if I win a championship in yeah. the women's league, a NBA team will notice. And that's so. the and that's a you said uh, misogynistic, which I I really uh, that word means a lot to me. I get called that a lot, and I you're a you're a, a traitor to your sex, and it's like let's let's back up. Most women want to be feminists. They identify as feminists. I do too. Just not a third wave feminist. I'm a first wave feminist, uh, which means I'm not trying to take down the men around me to build myself up. I just want equality. And I don't mean equality of, of uh, equality of strength or I just want, you know, pay me, uh, pay me for my work. If it's less than the guy next to me, chances are I didn't work as hard. Okay. Uh, let me vote and let me drive. That's about it. That's, that's about it. That's all I'm really asking for. Uh, but I'm not interested in this equality that women are asking for now because they keep saying we're the same, we're the same. We're not. And there's nothing wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong with men being physically strong and a woman being really charming and also really able to um, control the emotions of people around her and and keep a situation calm. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm going to play to my strengths not my weaknesses. So when a woman says, you're you're not a real feminist or blah, blah, it's like, well, wait a minute. Don't I have the right to choose? Isn't that what feminism is? I have a right to choose who I want to support or how I want to be. So if you're a feminist, then you should just shut the fuck up and let me have my voice, even if it's different to yours. Right. Right? I mean, uh, in a perfect world, but this ain't a perfect world. Yeah, I know. You know, there's a lot of... Uh... It's not a perfect world, Earl, because we didn't meet sooner. I, I, you know, <laughs> I wonder what happened. You know? I, just, I was in the jungles of uh, L.A. comedy for so long. And I was in my mom's tummy. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm like, only 19. Oh, no, there kidding. you go. I'm uh, kidding. I'm uh, kidding. Uh, well, I mean, uh, but I, uh, you know, as long as it's legal. Right. I don't. I yeah. think. Uh, I know, would rather be with an older guy just because they know what's up. They've been around the block. They understand the. What what's going on and they're so much more respectful guys my age around my age are just um they don't really know what they want and they're quite confused and it's not their fault it's just i think they uh they grow up a little later well i think in la comedy specifically you know the only problem with age differences if you're dating a comic or I guess they don't have to necessarily be a comic, but like if they're going to hang out with you, they're, they're going to, you know, it's like if you date someone younger, you, you have to hang out with their friends who are probably for the most part younger. Right. Right. And so like, what are you hanging out with this old guy for? Or, you know, you know, he's, he's offering to take you to, I don't know, guns and roses. And yeah. But if that's what you're into, 
But like their friends are probably like, what are you hanging out going to Guns N' Roses for? We weren't even born when Appetite for Destruction Yeah, well, you know what out. I'm doing? He makes me happy. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I've never really, uh, you know, cared what other people think about my girlfriends. Like, it's like, right. if they make me happy, we get along, great. So, I completely agree. I completely agree. But it's hard to have that attitude in the L.A. comedy scene because there's so many... Uh, uh, nervous Nellies and people who want to, you know, st you know, start rumors and get involved and, you know, hey, this guy's fucking this girl. Right. And, and I find that happens when you have nothing going on in your career. Yeah. Which uh, is the majority of us. Right. <laughs> no, don't say us. You are, you're doing very well. Uh, I, but I mean, like, there was a long time where I wasn't doing very well. And uh, you were focusing on other people. I mean, I, uh, well, I mean, Jimmy Carr gave me the best advice ever Ooh, i love him what is it? it you know you know i was speaking with him uh within the past couple months of some frustrations about certain situations and uh i can't do a jimmy carr impression uh earl, earl. I, I can't either i sound fucking irish yeah yeah but he just looked at me and goes dude he's called me dude uh, and if you, you can't imagine Jimmy Carr saying, dude, right. it's like, just worry about your side of the road and be funny. Yeah, I completely agree. That's why I don't get involved in the men, women, uh, urban rooms, not enough black people, not enough Asians, not enough Russians. I don't get involved in that bullshit. Funny is funny is funny, period. And if you're so if you're not funny enough that they have to worry about the size of your tits or whether or not you have a penis or whatever, you're not funny enough. Get to be so funny where your uh, sex or gender or race or color or disability is not a factor anymore. That's, yeah. That's all I'm focused on. So that's why I stay out of the politics of, of that, because to me, those are politics and they're cards you can use to your advantage. Like, you know, I'm, put, I'm putting down the woman card. I'm putting down the disabled card. It's like, well, how about you put down the funny card? Yeah. I mean, I wish more people would just concentrate like what Jimmy said. And like, yeah. Who cares who Earl's fucking or totally agree, you know, totally uh, agree. This person's, but you know, it's just, it's never gonna be like that. It's interesting. A successful man told you some great advice. Wow, I know. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like Jimmy Carr says that. And you know, on the surface, it's like, well, no shit, dude. Uh, but coming from him, yeah, probably yeah. the most, along with Russell Peters, the two biggest comics in the world, uh, you know, okay, I'll listen to right. You know. It's like I did a show at the improv the other night. Uh, I was there. I saw it. You did really well. Oh, thank you. Were you there? Yeah, I was there. Uh, but Pablo Francisco was the headliner. That's why I went. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Oh, my God. He's, and, you know, as soon as I got off stage, he got into my ear because I did a joke about Jared from uh, Subway. And uh, he instantly was giving me a tag. He's like, you should also uh, talk about, and I had never met him before. So I was like a little in awe of him. Like, right. So you should also throw in, uh, you know, the Verizon guy. He's with Sprint now. And, you know, there's something there like you could say uh, the Verizon guy is fucking over the Sprint guy because uh, he's, you know, and it was like it totally made sense. Aww. And it's an angle I never really considered. God, uh, I know. love him. But he was just like, wow, this guy, like, why can't everyone be like this guy? He right. doesn't have to talk to me. You know, I'm just going on second on some show he's headlining. Um, 
And it was just like, I'll listen to Pablo Francisco. Absolutely. And it was funny. Like I talked about competition earlier, but in, in that sense, I don't mean like fuck people over. You're like, you get up and you're competing with that. sense. by competition, I just mean, if you see the funniest guy in the room in your mind, number one, you should be super nice to that person, but, uh, work your ass off to achieve the level of laughter that that person is achieving. That's what I mean by competition. I think we can all be nice to each other. And I think we can all oh, yeah. help each other. Like I give so many comics rides to places and like I let so many comics live on my couch. I'm not asking for money or anything like that. I think we can help each other and I think we can support each other. But I feel like there's this atmosphere of we need to take each other down when we make one error. And I don't understand why. Oh yeah. I mean like, you know, I've gotten everything through help. Like, uh, you know, just, you know, being on roast battle, like Brian Moses didn't have to have a sidekick. He could have, he could have been a ball hog right. in the, uh, the sports world. And, uh, and then even when Jeff Ross came on board, Jeff could have been like, well, we don't really need Earl. He, yeah. There's something know. really beautiful about, you know, helping the people around you come up or just yeah. supporting them. And, and I like, that's my favorite part of comedy, the friendships. And I know that sounds real lame, but really yeah. just the, the friendships you make and the people who uh, you realize, Oh, we, we have, we have this in common or you feel the way I do about things. Uh, I like that. It, it makes me love comedy even more. Yeah. I mean, and everyone would, you know, even, how I got on I'm Dying up here was, uh, I don't want to say who, because maybe he doesn't want people bugging him to get on the show, but like a comic who I was always friendly to and nice to, uh, recommended me because uh, they were in a casting session. They're like, we need this uh, slightly older comic to play like a bitter. But with a lot of sex appeal. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I had to grow a beard out, but, uh, but you know, this guy could have mentioned a thousand names. Right. Because right. I was nice to him and always helped him, gave him rides. I think I actually gave him rides <laughs> to places. He's like, well, how about this Earl Skagel guy? So we should, I, I like living by that. Worry about your own self. Stay, stay on your side of the, what was it? Railroad? Rail so he said, stay on your side. <laughs> well, with Jimmy, he probably meant railroad. Cause yeah. I think he's from Ireland, uh, UK, UK and be nice. Be nice. It's not that hard. It's it, not that hard. It's, it's much harder to be a dick. Yeah. I get very far being nice. You can, and and it's like you. In theory, you you probably sh wouldn't think you could get far by being nice, and you have to be aggressive and a pit bull, and no. you know, uh, if everyone helped each other, just like yeah, I completely agree. You know. So when I see these people, like don't book that guy because you know he got drunk one time and was inappropriate with me it's like okay i'm still gonna book him you know i i i'm not the police it's not my job to take people down who are um might not be okay in your world i, I just i don't understand this whole idea of well let's let's go back in everyone's history see all the red flags that they have or all the things that they did that might not have been great and then punish them for it yeah, I mean, it's, but I think a lot of people don't realize you have to be, you know, the, the more successful you get, mm -hmm. the smaller the the smaller it gets, you know, yeah. like so yeah. you're dealing with fewer and fewer people. Absolutely. So, like, it, you got to be liked. Like, whether oh, you're yeah, a girl, absolutely. a guy, uh, old, young. Yeah, whatever you are, you have to be liked. You know, I mean, I'm sure, like, even with me on Roast Battle as a roaster, there were better roasters out there, you know, in terms of, more skilled roasters but i'm sure it was something along the lines of well earl's a nice guy he doesn't cause a lot of trouble 
you know, show up on time and yeah, he's professional. Well, what I thought was cool when you were on it, all of us kind of in the LA community, we're all like rooting for you. We're just all like, Oh, Oral's there. Like, yeah, it was really sweet. We always talked about you. Um, just, you know, kind of around the store and at the improv. We're just like, yeah, Jay Earl's on it, you know? And we were so excited for you. It's like your success was our success in some weird way. Well, I think I, uh, and that means a lot to me because like when I lost to Sarah Tiana, the whole production crew, and I, you had to walk up the stairs after, like it's the longest walk ever. Because <laughs> uh, I also had to battle K. Trevor Wilson, uh, you know, in 10 minutes. Uh, oh, you battled him right after? Yeah, so because oh, it was wow. a live finale, so oh, you had okay. to. That was the toughest part. That's hard yeah. of the show. Like yeah. for the live finale, you had to write for three people. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to write. I had to write for Sarah because I knew I was battling her, and then I had to write uh, for Mike Lawrence and Kay Trevor. Yeah, that's hard because you didn't know who was going to win, right, or lose. So, uh, but the whole production crew met me at the top of the mm -hmm. stairs, and they formed like a prayer circle oh. around me. And they were like, you were our favorite. Aww. So, uh, but the sweet. point is like, you know, th there were some low level people in that prayer circle, but in two years from now, they might be a producer on a Comedy Central show or right. a, a Netflix show and go, hey, Earl was a pretty cool guy. Let's call him in. Yeah. You don't know uh, who these people know or who they are or who when, they'll be, who they'll be or when you'll need them. Yeah. And everyone needs help. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I actually find value in myself when I'm helping other people. And that might not be the right way to go about it, but I only see myself as in, not even important, but as as mattering if as as I matter, if I'm helping people. Well, it does feel good. Like, you know, uh, you know, makes you, sometimes I feel bad because I'll give to a, a certain charity or uh there was this recent situation where this uh, nine-year-old boy had this inoperable brain cancer. And I, for some reason, his situation just... Was it on the news? Uh, it, I think it was on... Uh, somehow I, I got directed to his GoFundMe page because I think the parent, uh, the mom, was trying to raise funds mm. for his inevitable funeral. Uh, and uh, they weren't asking for money. They were... Uh, I guess his name was Jacob. He, for his last, uh, he knew it was going to be his last Christmas. Uh, and they, he didn't, he passed away uh, like a week and a half ago. Oh my God. He just wanted cards. I saw that. I yeah. saw that one. Yeah, uh, that was so beautiful. And I don't usually like, you know, I'm just telling this, you know, just because he's passed. And uh, I went to, he had this thing for penguins and his favorite color was orange. So I went to Toys R Us and bought every fucking orange oh. stuffed animal they had. And they didn't have a lot because it's a weird uh, the orange like color, a weird yeah. color for a stuffed animal. And then he liked Legos and they had oh. this one Lego that was all orange. It's like someone directed me to this place. And it was the worst service ever at this <laughs> Toys R Us in Los Angeles. Looked like a fucking bomb blew up in the <laughs> store. Sebastian has a joke about going into a Ross. And yeah, like a, it's one of my favorites. Uh, and it's I got that joke when I walked into this Toys R Us because, like, the stuffed animals are, you know, three of them are in the fucking computer <laughs> or not computer, but the like the Xbox section and like the, the yeah, Tickle Me like Elmo dolls around. are in the yeah. CD. Uh, but uh, it made me feel better, like, you know, selfishly 
giving to someone who's in such a fucked up situation. I agree. I, I think we're so focused on ourselves, like, uh, just with the whole me too and me and, and the victim and all this happened to me. It's like, why don't you travel to another country? Okay. Just do me a favor. Uh, go to Ukraine, go to my country, uh, then go to a village near Kiev, any of them. Uh, and then when you see how they're living, it'll give you a different perspective. I'm not saying, you know, horrible things don't happen to white people in America, but I think we need to kind of put things in perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always someone uh, worse off than you. Right. And I don't think that's the best way to live. But honestly, the reason I will never be a victim and the reason that there's nothing that could happen to me that would keep me down is because I always think there is someone out there who's so who's doing so poorly right now. Um, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, I think uh, I don't know. I'd had a bad set or two uh, in a row at the comedy store within the last month. I don't believe you. I mean, but I have incredibly high standards. Right. So, like, uh, you know, I, I think I was a little on the depressed side. It's like, fuck, I always, or not always, but I usually do pretty well at the store. And then I had two mediocre sets. And, you know, then I see the Jacob's uh, GoFundMe thing. I'm like, all right, you know. Yeah. I can go on stage tomorrow. This right. kid can't. This kid can't. Right. Uh, and right. it's like, shouldn't use it a dying kids situation to make you feel better about bombing twice right. at the store. But it, you know, did kind of put things into perspective. Right. I work with, I work with kids and it always, when, when I see people on Facebook, I, I don't even go on Facebook. I just post my, uh, my articles and move on. But when I see people, uh, trying to take people down or did you hear, but it's just like, go volunteer. Go outside. Go fucking go to a nursing home. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Earl. That's the biggest TV I've ever seen. I just saw it. 75 inches. High def. Whoa. Porn on this thing is next level. Are you sure? I don't, I don't know if I would want to see that uh, porn. No, on it's that. so nasty. Yeah, I bet it's fucking disgusting with all the bumps. So I, that's, that's how I feel about it. Just, yeah, you might be shitty. Yes, maybe a guy grabbed your ass. Yeah, it's wrong. He did it. But I don't know. Maybe suck that one up. I mean, it's tough. Uh, you know, I mean, what concerns me is a, a recent uh, Me Too story uh, that uh, happened in the uh, comedy world where, uh, you know, the girl said something happened, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, she kind of blamed it on, well, I quit comedy because of sexual harassment. Right, right. And, no, you quit comedy because you quit comedy. Well, I'm not, you know, and you know, in fairness to this girl, I'm not. I don't know why she quit comedy. Maybe she was sexually harassed a lot, but she kind of blamed it on uh, the lack of progress in her career. And she was a girl that I had done a lot of shows with. And I'll rarely say someone's not funny. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not for me to like, right, right, to judge, right. Doing the Jimmy Carr line, I'm. I worry about myself. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this girl didn't really get a lot of laughs whenever I saw her. So it's like, hon. <laughs> sexual harassment was not the reason you didn't make it. well it's easy to blame other people when you fail it's easy to go it wasn't my fault it was someone else's fault that's always easy easier to do that than to say you know what i was not good yeah and i like i'm not good at basketball so i don't blame right uh you know my upbringing for not being in the nba i just wasn't a good enough player right and again if she was sexually harassed or assaulted that's horrible that should not have happened Oh, absolutely but 
was that the reason she stopped doing it or was it because she wasn't getting the laughs? And did she think the sexual harassment had something to do with the laughs or vice versa? I, I don't know. But to blame your lack of success on someone else is ridiculous. Uh, well, in this particular situation, it was like, you know, I remember doing a lot of shows with you and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, that's nothing to do with whether you were sexually harassed or not, but I have a feeling your act was the reason you didn't make it. Do you think she was sexually harassing the audience with her act? Just kind of forcing uh, uh, them to with, watch with, uh, their ears felt yeah. harassed. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's like, that's the only thing I hope, you know, people don't use it as a, a tool to go, well, I didn't make it because. Uh, right you know, right right uh, and and my favorite is whatever i say now uh if when my career skyrockets uh people are gonna go back and and see interviews or things i've said and and cherry pick all the things that they find incendiary or offensive uh and and try to throw that in my face and i gotta say i'm i didn't say anything offensive you just chose to be offended well yeah i mean i don't uh i mean my god people go back and look at some of my tweets uh i might be fired from any future tv show i'm on but uh doesn't that worry you i mean not really i I don't think i've ever said anything uh you know i certainly have some jokes that cross the line uh no i mean doesn't worry that that's even a thing oh yeah i mean uh but like you know i i think i have a joke about a well, I know I have a joke about a, <laughs> a, a dating website for people with full-blown AIDS. <laughs> what is it called? Last Partner. <laughs> it's not the greatest joke on earth, but I like, like if I was on a, a show on, uh, say, I got cast as an uncle on Young Sheldon, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and someone pulled up that tweet, I, I don't know how CBS would go, yeah, yeah uh, Earl, what's what's the deal there? Uh, Wednesday on CBS yeah, at 7, 6, Yeah, see uh, the guy who did the last partner joke. <laughs> But I could also see me being on a Kurt Sutter show like the Mayans, which is the spinoff of Sons of Anarchy mm -hmm. going, hey, that's a great joke, dude. Wait, does Kurt Sutter have a new show? Oh, well, it's coming out. They <gasps> had to do uh, a lot of reshoots for it. Um, I love him. Oh, he's great. I is mean, Charlie I, Hunnam in it? Well, he died uh, at the end of Sons of Anarchy. Right. No, no. I know that. I'm just. Oh, so it's. So a, I don't think. It, well, it's a spinoff on the Mexican oh, gang. Okay. Um, okay. That's what I was wondering. And I'm psyched because Edward James almost is in it. Yeah, I fucking and, love uh, that guy. Someone else really good just got. Uh, they filmed Danny the Trejo? pilot. Danny Trejo. Uh, he was in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, um, Emilio Rivera. Who yeah, played, he's yep. he's awesome. He's great. Um, and it's funny. He was originally uh, a member of Sons of Anarchy in the pilot. Oh, but then uh, I think I remember that. There's a picture of him in a Sons of Anarchy. Uh, you know, like a rocker vest. Yeah. Uh, and Scott Glenn was originally the Ron Perlman character. You love that show. Oh, I love it. Like, but I love, I've always been a fan of casting and, you know, who's, who was up for certain roles. I think that's so fascinating. Mm, uh, who know, almost like, got it. Who, yeah. I mean, like every movie, you know, to the general public, they probably think Bruce Willis. Oh, he was the first choice for Die Hard. He was the seventh choice. <gasps> what about the other six? It was like, I think Clint Eastwood was up for it. Uh, Stallone, uh, wow. you know, Schwarzenegger. Uh, so all the action guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Van Damme. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then like for uh, the Dirty Harry, uh, you know, the Clint Eastwood, mm -hmm. you know, I think Frank Sinatra was up. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and Han Solo was originally supposed to go to a black actor uh, wow. who was, if you're familiar with The Wire. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he was the mayor in The Wire. Uh, Glenn Thurman is his name. Mm. Uh, but how then, hot is Idris Elba, huh? Oh, yeah. he's. But he he was uh, still might be the next James Bond. He should be. He fuck. No, I don't think he should. He's too good for James Bond. He's too sexy. I have such a crush on Idris Elba. Oh, oh he's great. He's uh, fucking But I don't know if you can have a black James Bond just because that franchise is so based around white people. Right, right. That, uh, you know... It's not, I mean, Idris is, would, would be a perfect James Bond, but, uh, you know, that fan base is like, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see how it would do. But it's a, you know. We should have a female James Bond. We'll call her Jane Bond because equality. I mean, or gay James Bond. Right. I mean, or a Bond in a wheelchair. Let's yeah. just get them all. Uh, but, I mean, he's good. I mean, he's a great actor, very good-looking guy. I could see him going Bond. Yeah, James Bond. yeah, so fucking charming. He was in that show, Luther. I loved it, but... And get Hennessy instead of a <sighs> martini. Oh, I'm uh, in. I'm in all the way. But, uh, by the way, you know what's interesting to me? I was at a, I was at a, a party, a dinner party, because I'm classy as fuck. And uh, before people said anything, they would say, um, they would go, I don't want to offend anyone and I don't want to upset anyone. This is just my opinion. But, That's, and it's like, why do we have to talk like that now? Why well, do we have to have some sort of, um, what is it like P not a PSA announcement, but just sort of announcement before we speak from our heart. Well, usually when someone says, I don't want to be offended uh, or I hope you don't get offended by this, you're going to be offended. You know, it wasn't like, offensive. He said, he said, I don't, uh, I didn't like the movie Wonder Woman. That's, that's what he said. Well, I mean, in that case, I could see like someone saying, saying that cause she's like, well, I don't want people to think I'm anti-women. I just right. didn't like the movie. But why do you have to say that? I wasn't even thinking that now I'm thinking, are you, why are you being offensive? Right. You know, just speak. Yeah. Well, it's just, uh, you know, the same to sixties, seventies and eighties, uh, not even the nineties, uh, you know, it's just a different, uh, it was such a PC, uh, culture. Like, you know, the Dean Martin Russ could never go on, uh, the Chappelle show could never be on right now. No, I mean, uh, what was the blazing saddles could never be made. Mad TV uh, could never be on and living yeah. color could never be. I mean, airplane where, where nothing that I love that probably you love that is a classic could be on right now. Yeah. I mean, airplane's the perfect example of Peter Graves, this legendary actor this plays a pilot who's, trying to fuck joey <laughs> the little kid in the cockpit you know yeah. have you ever seen gladiator movies right. you, have you ever seen a grown man naked <laughs> like as a kid i was like what the fuck are these questions like have you ever been in a turkish prison I'm like, i don't even know what that means and then i saw that movie midnight express mm -hmm. with That's brad davis movie. That's a good movie Passed away of AIDS. Yep. Yeah, he did. And I'm like, oh, Turkish prison. Oh, that's what he meant. They fuck each other. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, you couldn't have a character being an airline pilot trying to fuck a eight-year-old kid in the cockpit. Like, uh, I don't know why we can't have that in a movie as a joke or as something just... Uh, I what I don't think anything's off limits to me to joke about. I'm not saying I do, but for some reason, do they think what you watch this movie, this fake movie, and then you go, you know what? I'm going to fuck a kid. I mean, what's the correlation here? Well, I think Tarantino came, you know, with Django Unchained and, uh, you know, but to me that was so gratuitous. You know, the N word I think was said like a hundred times. Right. Yeah. But, but like in Blazing Saddles, it was like really like, it's only said like, 
five, six times, but each time it was said, it was like, it was very impactful. Like right. The sheriff is a... So what do we do now? We buy that movie and then take it outside and light it on fire like the Germans did with books? I mean, we're... I don't know. I mean, it still holds up. I watched it the yeah, other Yeah, I watched it too a few, uh, like a few weeks ago, actually. You know. It's funny or, you mentioned that. Or even the scene uh, in Escape from Alcatraz where Clint Eastwood says the word. Yeah, that was a good movie too. Uh, well, that was the first time I heard the N word in a movie theater. I was like, really? What does that word mean? Like, I guess that's funny. I um, I don't remember the first. Well, I'm Russian, so I heard it in Russia all the time. But I, uh, are there a lot of black people in Russia? No, but the ones that are there are loved. People right. love them. Yeah, we have we have a lot of uh, Russians from black uh, Ethiopians who come to Russia. Oh, okay, black Ethiopians, uh, but black people over there are loved quite a bit. It was like black Ethiopians. Are there white ones? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, they're loved a lot. They're very respected. Uh, they're yeah, they're kind of held up in a higher regard. They're called exotic. Well, yeah, because uh, I mean, I had a few friends of mine playing the KHL, which is the Russian uh, NHL. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's funny because you know what does K stand for, by the way? Uh, Continental Hockey mm. League. Uh, not a K, not a C. No. <laughs> oh, uh, Russia. Oh, Russia. good old Putin. Yeah. Uh, but they were talking about how there's no minorities. Like, yeah, there's no minorities there. You know, there was one black player in the league, I think. Yeah, and in Russia, I mean, to when you're talking about a black person, you say "nyagar," which that's our word. That's oh. just our word. What are you supposed to do? That's not offensive. Well, well I, you know, I'm, uh, I'll let you handle that one. Uh, it's not. I mean, I, I grew up there. I go there. I mean, it's, we don't have another word. Right. So what do we do? I, I, I say that word, I guess. I mean, what do we do? We, we point at you and go, you, that's not offensive. Right. I mean, that's just the word we, we have. No, I get it. You know what? So what? do we what do we do i mean my friend lives in russia famous drummer he came here to visit and he would say that word black people weren't offended the only people who seemed to be offended were white people which was kind of funny to me right well yeah i mean well that uh, particular word is so like polarizing in this country as it should be uh, you know uh but you know but what if in another country it's not you know that's the thing i mean i don't uh i've never really traveled outside this country so i, I you, wait you haven't uh, yeah i have no interest in you know i'm uh i wouldn't say i live a boring life but like i i don't like would it be cool to go to russia and see like go to do like a little tour of the khl arenas because i'm a hockey fan yeah it'd be great but i you know earl i'm shocked even though i for me you just seem so worldly well, I've lived a wacky life, so I am worldly, but I have no desire. Like, you know, would it be cool to go to London and see Big Ben and walk around? Yeah, but I, you know, uh, I'm not like the biggest fan of flying. I'm not, mm -hmm. a, yeah, I just, I don't think I could. Uh, I've been offered a few times to do comedy in Australia. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, fuck, I don't want to fly 17 hours each way. I'd go insane. Are you scared to fly? I used to be, uh, but I'm not now just because, you know, uh touring with rob schneider for like four years you know you're on a plane right uh my god like probably as many as 10 times a month you know yeah so uh, you should take a boat a, a boat would be uh, <laughs> a cruise ship comic i'm good on that <laughs> uh but i just uh i get very uh, bored easily and mm -hmm. stir crazy like the flight to new york is about my max of like okay it's six hours i can sleep for a few hours i can write jokes for a few hours i can watch uh i don't know a couple episodes of the wire or the shield or whatever uh, and then all right we're here uh mm -hmm. but australia like 
you know, Jesus Christ. I mean. My my fantasy has always been to uh, fly like 15, 16 hours and in that time uh, sit next to the love of my life right. accidentally. And then we fall in love on the plane. Uh, and of course we land and I realize he's married. But those 16 hours are just magical. That's always been my like sexy dream. Well, if you're out there, travelers, <laughs> you want to meet the love of your life, a cool chick, a funny chick. She's here. We're going to we're like, this is about the point of the podcast. We didn't even get into your background. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a secret. Well, you're going to be a secret until the next episode. Oh, okay. And I hope you do come back. I would love to. Uh, because I need more women on the podcast. I can pretend to be another woman just so you seem, uh, you know, more diverse. Well, wear a wig because I take pictures and all that shit. I identify as a Mexican woman. I'm, I'm actually transracial, so. Are you uh, what? Uh, just I don't want to say real fast, but like what? Your your mom is Russia or your dad? <laughs> Russian, not Russia. Uh, we're both. We're uh, oh, so both are from Ukraine. Yeah, but by transracial, I just meant I identify as a Mexican woman too. Sometimes. Okay. Well, whatever. I mean, you know, I've had uh, you know <laughs> the the great Robin Tran on uh, this podcast. She's uh, trans uh, gender. She's, she's transgender. I love her to death. She's Robin Tran. If you're uh familiar with her be or you're not familiar with her become a fan of her she's great um write some uh very prolific writer blogs facebook uh robin tran i'm the only comic i think who plugs other comics yeah i was just gonna say do you get paid to do that not really uh but i like to it goes back to uh what we were talking about you know help other people get known then they'll help you get known amen where can people find you on social media? The only Skya on Instagram, S-K-A-Y-A. Yeah, and I post shows on there. And then um, Facebook, Irina Skya, I-R-I-N-A-S-K-A-Y-A. I was at people. And do you do Twitter or no? No, I I don't know how. Okay, well, I mean, I'm if I didn't have this fucking podcast, I would be, uh, I would delete all social media. I agree with you completely. I'm not a I'm not a fan, but um, I hate it. You know, I have to post sexy pictures. That's how people are going to know I'm hilarious. Well, yeah, but listen, use <laughs> what you got. I mean, like you you know, uh, you know, whatever gets people in the door. That's yeah, half absolutely. the reason I post pictures of me shirtless or whatever. It's like, oh, what the fuck? No, that's what got me in the door, and that's why my dad's a huge fan of yours. Right. Uh, well, Mr. Skya. Cho- <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh well. What. Uh, because there's a female and male version. I'll tell you about it next time. Well, Mr. Uh, Dad, <laughs> thank you for being a fan. I hope you listen to this. <laughs> um, I try to be respectful to your daughter as I can. Unfortunately. Uh, well, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, respectful Earl. That's what the name of the I really is. should be. I, I had a, uh, you know, I get told no a lot by celebrities on this you know i tweeted i just tweeted <laughs> for them you saying hey will you come on my Do podcast yeah. like jacks from vanderpump rules he loves me Aww. and i love him new episode the new season starts tonight <laughs> on uh bravo on bravo yeah in about an hour i think jacks taylor big fan um uh, but i get turned down a lot on this podcast i saw <laughs> a geico commercial with uh, the teacher from the Britney Fox video girls school. Now, Britney Fox basically diet Cinderella uh, back in the day. And uh, so I Googled Britney Fox girls school video teacher. Her actual name came up. I reached out to her on Twitter and she told me no. Aww. 
And I said, listen, I'm a big fan uh, of that video, and I, I would love to interview an actress who's been basically active in Hollywood for 40 years. And she got back to me, and she's like, you know, I listened to a few episodes. You're a little too dirty for me. Uh, but she I really did listen. She did listen. I, I appreciated her getting back to me. I was bummed out that uh, she said no because I, I I messaged her a second time. And said, "Listen, I know it's called inappropriate Earl, but I'm actually very respectful. I really want to talk about that video." And she's like, "Ah, that was a long time ago, and it really was a small part of my career. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really want to talk about that video." Uh, That's so respectful of her to do that, though. Just I, you know, I could tell she just wasn't uh, a fan of my comedy. Uh, but she did get back to me, so I appreciate that. But uh, you know, I like to do interesting guests. Um, so do you have any shows coming up you want to plug? Um, yeah, I actually have a show at the clubhouse in uh, Placentia. Okay. Uh, Placentia. When is that? Placentia. 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 I think. Placentia. Um, it's on the it's on the tenth of December. Yeah, or the 12th, the 10th or the 12th. I actually think it's sold out, so it doesn't even matter. You can do a standby. Okay, well, so it's at the clubhouse? Yeah, it's at the clubhouse. Oh, yeah, it's actually, uh, it is on the 12th. Yeah, in Placentia, yeah. And I have a show with um, George Perez coming up in Whittier with George Perez and Brian Redband and Theo Bon. Uh, I can't. There's not enough platitudes in the world for all those guys. Brian Redband, I know. The creator of the Death Squad Network, Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, Fucking love those guys. George Perez, uh, just he he was on the show with Pablo. Yeah. Uh, just you. I mean, I was telling him that night. Damn, if everyone was like you, dude, this business. Dude, I agree. I have so much respect for George Perez. It's not even. I mean. Him, Theo Vaughn, yeah. I'm Theo Vaughn's my homie. Like, yeah, the best fucking guys. And just to show you, you shouldn't judge people. I, I don't know if it was Theo's. It probably wasn't his first show, but I met him at doing a shitty, uh, basically a bringer show, Martini Blues, <laughs> like twelve, maybe even longer, wow. fifteen years ago. And I was like, ah, fuck, that's the guy from Road Rules. He's doing comedy, and now he's one of my best friends. I so. fucking love him. So don't judge a book by its covers, what right, I'm trying to say. Right. So Irina, this is you're going to come back for more and we're not going to talk about Me Too. <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk about, um, you know, the dregs of comedy. We're going to get into your... Because you have a wild lifestyle. You I know, do. I worked for an Armenian mob boss. Rush, I didn't even know that. Russian background. Uh, so become fans of Irina, guys. She's awesome. Uh, if you can, go to that show December 12th. If, <laughs> it's, if it's not sold out. Hit me up. I'll put you on. Yeah. It, be respectful, though. And uh, inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. Coming up, uh, I think, next week, uh, Jessica Wellington, the first female door guy in comedy store history uh, so that's a cool thing and then uh, carlos herrera coming on we're going to break down the movie heat uh the michael mann movie not the burt reynolds movie such a bummer when you see heat is on you turn it on you're like oh this is the burt reynolds one it's like the karate kid you're like oh my god the karate kid i love that movie and then you realize it's the one with will smith's kid uh not that you know just it's not the original karate kid so uh inappropriate Earl, soundcloud and itunes guys leave a review it's i don't ask for much it literally takes five seconds hey this is a good podcast hey it's a shitty podcast whatever uh it helps daddy get the numbers up 
And that is all. I'm uh, going to watch the Vanderpump Rules season six. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing in about 30 minutes. Cincinnati Bengals. That is all. Yeah.